Uni Taste Days proudly presents the Uni Guide, supporting you with all things university. Welcome back, listener, to the Uni Guide podcast. This is episode 18, and in this episode, we are focusing on the student experience. Not necessarily the experience you can expect at university, rather the experience that you can create yourself. Why not use the information, support and guidance within this podcast to help make that all-important decision? What will you study? Where will you study? And of course, why? Before we meet our special guest who's going to share all of these insights, I'm going to welcome back, of course, my trusty co-host, John, John Cheek of Unitaste Days. Welcome back to the pod, John. I hope you're well. I'm really good. Thanks, Tim. Really great to have Jeff join us as well. Um, big hello to you, Jeff. Hello, everyone. It's an absolute pleasure to be here recording this podcast with you. So, Jeff, what we try and do with the podcast is start and end with the same questions. So I'll start with our opening question, which we ask every single guest. And that's, can you tell us what you do and why you do it? So I work at Aberystwyth University as a student recruitment officer in the central England region. So I'm based in Wolverhampton, so just uh, just under three hours from Aberystwyth. And I work in schools and colleges across the Midlands and a little bit further beyond, giving advice and guidance about higher education and to post-16 learners and parents as well. And why I do it is because no two days are the same. And it's great to, to uh, kind of bash misconceptions about higher education and to help students and their supporters, parents and so on, make really informed decisions about the next chapter of their journey, really. Thanks, Jeff. And if you notice our accents, this might be a Midlands special because whereas Tim's not, not from the Midlands, uh, both Jeff and I both are. It's an honour to have a Midlands special, of course, and we'll come on to that later. Um, I guess a good place to kick off, Jeff, would be a simple question. Um, how does university differ to, say, school and college in terms of what a student experiences and what that experience is like? Absolutely. It's really important to say, firstly, that going to university is such an exciting time for students, also a little bit nerve-wracking as well, because I think the biggest transition that students make when they go to university is that, that life change, that difference between sixth form and college. And there's differences both from an academic and non-academic point of view. So non-academically, it's about independence. It's about managing your own time, doing what you want to do, when you want to do it. And then academically, well, there's so much to consider there in terms of teaching methods, how you're going to be assessed, the amount of time that you actually spend in the classroom. So there are huge differences from lots of different avenues between college, sixth form and university. And if anyone else thought about the Spice Girls when Jeff said that, about what you want to do, when you want to do it. John, you can stop right now. Thank you very much. You're not alone. That's <laughs> the same. But we will leave that there. Right. So in terms of the differences, like we looked at what the difference you mentioned then about some of the differences between school, college and university. But universities will provide a lot of support to students in terms of settling in, making friends. And I bet there's loads of students that actually the biggest worry they've got in terms of uni is making friends when they start. But they probably won't admit to that, but it will be a big concern they would have. So what support is there from universities that, that help students settle in? A lot of students think that they're, they're on their own in terms of when they go to university, that the thoughts, the concerns, the nervousness that they have around making friends is something that no one else thinks. And actually, I would suggest that the vast majority, if not all students, have that same concern. One of the support mechanisms, firstly, is Freshers' Week. So Freshers' Week is just before the start of term in year one. Sometimes it's called Big Welcome, Orientation, and that's where you can meet new people with shared interests, 
meet the people if you're living away from home who you, you're going to be living with in halls of residence. And universities will provide support not only through that, that whole week in terms of activities throughout the daytime, throughout the evening to make friends, to help them settle in from, a, again, from an academic and non-academic point of view. And it's all about that transition to university and support. The support is there not only in that freshers week, but also throughout the first year, for example, with personal tutors. That's potentially where an academic member as a staff is assigned to students to kind of support them with anything and everything that they need help with. And there's the student support teams at universities in general are absolutely fantastic because we know, as I say, it's a, it's a life change for students, whether they live at home and commute or move away from home. And therefore, as I say, the plethora of resources, but also support systems in place at university are, in my opinion, absolutely second to none. Because that's what we want as a sector. We all want happy students who are studying the right course. Yeah, completely agree. And I suppose you look at it from a student's perspective and it's probably the first time, assuming they do live away, but the first time they've, they've moved to a new area, first time they're in charge of doing their own cooking, cleaning. You know, little things like when they're cleaning up, it's probably the first time they realise actually that other people do buy these cleaning products that they, they use. And Jeff, do you have any advice you can impart on our listeners? You know, there might be some students who might be going to university this September or thinking about, you know, going to the Freshers' Fair. Any advice to get the most out of it? The best advice I would give about making that transition is during that Freshers' Week, get, get stuck into things, kind of explore different, uh, go to sessions on student support. It's about getting involved and giving you a taste of what student life is like in and around the location that you're going to on a million and one different ways. So Jeff, at the moment, you're working at Aberystwyth University and, and previously I know from, from knowing you for a few years, you previously worked at the University of Wolverhampton. Having worked at a like a city-based university, and I know you've worked at other universities as well, you now work for a university close to the sea. Do you have any advice for students that perhaps are choosing between city or rural or home and away? Sorry, not the programme. And if campus may or not be for them or suit them from your experience working at different institutions? You mentioned about Aberystwyth being right by the sea. And actually, although spelt differently, that is, again, a, such an important thing about living away or uh, staying at home. You need to go and see and visit the university because the experience that you'll get in a coastal rural town such as Aberystwyth is different to where my niece and nephew are studying at the moment in Leeds and Liverpool or Birmingham, Manchester and so on. And it's for you to decide as an individual or as a family, if you're a parent who's listening to this, to, to provide support, to, to go and see the location, to see what's right for you. There's no one location that's, that's appropriate or the right place for everybody because we've all got different needs, wants and expectations. And that's why it's important to go and explore the location. You know, there's no beach in Wolverhampton, for example. But then if you're interested in moving to a coastal location, you know, to go and visit Aberystwyth and invest the time at exploring the town, going to see what, what's there, what student life is like. Aberystwyth, Manchester, Leeds, London, further, even further afield. That's where you're going to compare and contrast. And, and that's really important as well, that you go to a number of open days so that you can see what the differences are between various locations, various universities and what they have to offer both from a course point of view, but potentially a recreation perspective as well. Completely agree. 
massive 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 fan and advocate of university events i think actually having the opportunity to see university and it kind of works two ways and it you might a student or parent actually or a teacher that's bringing school groups the student might say you know what i've been to this area and i love it they might also say the complete opposite and say you know what this area is not for me and i don't want to live here for three years or two years there's two year courses out there isn't there but four years five years so and you'd never go buy a house without going to look at it and it should be exactly the same with the university and i know it takes time effort money and planning but if you go to a particular university open day and you come away thinking that that university is not for you well in my opinion much better you spend one day of your life there than than three four years completely agree right so jeff what i'm going to do now is ask you a few questions about the university decisions so so some students choose to commute to university what we mean by that is is drive train bike whatever but it's perhaps a university that's on their doorstep or close to them rather than actually living there and then obviously obviously other students choose to go into halls of residence so they actually do physically live there and then they're perhaps more part of arguably more part of the university experience because they're they're sleeping at the university so they're getting involved in stuff there in the day and also the evening but do you see say for students that are choosing to live actually at the university and stay in halls of residence and the opposite do you see many advantages or disadvantages to either of those options yeah, there's advantages and perhaps disadvantages to living away from home, but also staying at home and commuting as well. Firstly, if you live away from home, one massive advantage is some would argue that you get the full university experience. You are an independent individual who's from a social life point of view, from an academic point of view, you've moved away from home and you control your kind of your destiny as such, you're controlling everything that you do and you're getting that full university experience. On the other hand, some people would say to move away from home, there are higher costs to doing that because you're gonna be living in either halls of residence or in private accommodation potentially. Again, it's a decision for you to make as to which one is right for you. The one thing I would say that anybody who says that to live at home and commute to university is an inferior option, it's completely not true. Jeff, do you mind sharing what you did and what your preferences were when you were at uni? I lived at home and went to university regionally. That's what I wanted. And I liked the familiarity as such of my home environment. My closest friends were still at home. Not, not many of them went to university, so I could still meet with them, for example. So it depends what you are looking for from the university experience. And there is no one right fit for everybody. Yeah, really share your thoughts there, Jeff. I actually was similar to you. So I, I went to university in the Midlands and, and spent actually two years living at the uni, one year living at home. So I kind of had had both experiences and completely agree. There's, there's certainly advantages, disadvantages to, to both of them. That's a, re that's a really good point, actually, that uh, some students are deciding, as yourself, John, um, to if they live in a reasonable commuting distance to the university that they go to, to have that mix and to kind of get the best of both worlds, for example, spend first year or two at university. And if it's feasible to commute, and that's something else that students and parents need to look at as well in terms of a commute to university, you know, what the buses are like, how many trains you have to get, if you have to pay to park, is there a green air zone if you're driving as well? But that is certainly an option on the table as well to have that mix. So one for students, Jeff, they're, say a student is listening to this, they wanna to go to university, they're looking at potentially where they're gonna study, but they don't really have a clue in terms of where they want to live, what they're looking for. Do they want to be coastal? Do they want to be rural? Do they want to be in a city and stuff? So for a student that knows they want to go to university, but perhaps has got no idea where they want to live, 
Do you have any tips for them and for parents and teachers advising them? So students, again, whether it's living at home and a, a, a location that they're familiar with or moving away, my advice would be to go and see the location, but now to go and see it through the eyes of a potential student. You may have been on to a town or a city before on holiday, or we might have friends and family there, but can you see yourself studying and if moving away, living there for three or more years? Is it what you want it to be? Is it, does it have what, does it meet what your expectations are? Does it tick all the boxes? And that's where before you go and see it and see it through the eyes of a potential student, um, you need to think about what it is you, that you want from your university experience. The location will be, I, I suspect, important to everybody. But in terms of course content, in terms of how this course is going to be uh, taught, what you can do for recreation, different parts of the UK have different strengths, I would say, for things to do for recreation. Is it something else that you want? So. Go and see it through the eyes of a student, a potential student living there for three plus years. But before that, do a little bit of groundwork through research, through, through various sources as to what is it that's important to you. And we've all got different needs, wants, expectations, and kind of do a little bit of self-reflection to begin with. But don't do it overnight. And this is where parents can support. It's a drip feed thing to make sure you think of it. <laughs> you think of all the different things that you want from, from your university experience. I look at my friendship group at uni and so many of them have stayed close to where they studied. So you might actually be picking at the age, potentially at 17, where you're actually going to live you know, in, in, for, you, for the rest of your life. And it's, it just, I just don't think we can underestimate how important that decision is. And, and any research you do is going to be good research on, on that front. Absolutely. And what I think your aim should be as a, stu a potential student is to see whether you can see yourself falling in love with that location. And the same goes for if you're going to commute just a few miles down the road to a particular university, you're spending a significant period of your life, that particular university, and you need to really give kind of do a deep dive into thinking about what is it that you want from that. You know, another thing, the size of the university and the, and the location, do you want in your academic department, your tutors to know your name? Because they're quite a small department, for example, and you kind of get that intimate experience or actually are you happy do you want to be part of a quite a large cohort at potentially a huge university i'm not saying one is better than another but there's just a little example when you're thinking about where to study what is it that you want again from that academic experience as well at unita says we produce guides to universities for parents teachers and students and, and i can't remember who who said it but or who wrote it but one one contributor in that produce some editorial and they said how about actually getting a checklist together and, and try and you know, have visit universities and actually if you think that university has got a certain thing that you'll be interested in make a checklist of those things and what you can do then is potentially have 30 things on this checklist and you might find that that no university has all 30 but you might find that one university has 24 out of 30 you know do you want a train station that's on campus or close to campus do you want an olympic size swimming pool do you want a cafe on campus that does fresh salads? It doesn't have to be massive stuff, but what is important to you? And, and when you're like us, you'll probably be, you know, houses, you're looking at buying houses in certain areas or renting houses in certain areas. And it works the same way, but university perhaps a little bit easier in that sense. No, absolutely. And, and cost of living is a huge thing at the moment for everybody uh, in life. And that's different parts of the UK have different costs of living. And if that's something that's important to you as a student, as a family and so on, that's another 
huge thing to consider and, and do the research into. And that forms part of the checklist. And that's where we can help as advisors going into schools and colleges. But again, if you're a teacher listening to this, spending the time in drop down lessons or tutor periods just to have honest and open conversations as, as sixth form groups about that re for example that really good idea about what 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 would go into a checklist for you to think about as a student when making the university decision and what would be interesting i think if everybody in a class completed that checklist everybody would tick diff slightly different boxes because it goes back to what we were saying earlier it's a really individual decision and that's what we all want for students to make the right decision for them okay listeners as john alluded to earlier it is a midland special but it is also East versus West, East side Jeff and West side John. And this is just a bit of a takeaway of how you can have a debate or a rap battle or whatever you want to call it, of getting those thoughts going for either side of decisions. So Jeff, you're going to take it away. Our first topic is going to be home versus away. And then John, you're going to step in and challenge. Okay, go. So living at home, you're going to have reduced costs because you won't be staying in halls of residence, which attracts a weekly rental, for example. You'll be commuting to university and you can even save money through rail cards, bus passes and so on to drive the costs of that down even further. But I'd challenge that and say that if you lived away, you're going to get experiences that money can't buy. And also, don't forget that in terms of maintenance loan, students that live at home get less for a maintenance loan towards their living costs than if they move away. And on that subject, so if you study in London, then that is where you get the greatest amount when it comes to your maintenance loan. And, and we have recorded uh, student finance in a previous episode, so do check that out if you want to find out any more. Staying at home, if you've got family commitments, you look after siblings, you have caring responsibilities, you've got that routine which can continue throughout your three or four years at university, and also your friends, your social circle, because you're living at home. I think there's a higher chance of maintaining and developing that social circle that you've built up over the years even further. But then I suppose you've also got to, got to consider that one of the advantages of, of being at university is that you're going to mix with such a diverse range of people. You're going to mix with people just like you. You're going to meet people completely different to you. Some universities have 30,000 plus students, so it's a big advantage of actually going to university that you mix with so many people in. And of course, if you actually live there, you're going to be mixing with people a lot more. I look at my own experience and, and I actually met my, well, I didn't meet her at university, but I went to university with my wife. We weren't married then, but we are now. So for poor Laura, if we didn't go to the same university, she might not have met me. Listeners, I'll let you decide who won that battle. Let's reverse it now and let's use another question, a uh, topic if you like. Let's do city versus coastal. John, you can start this one. So for students that stay in a city, then there might be more jobs on their doorstep. For example, if a student is interested in telecommunications, you have the Thames corridor, so you have the, the big, big companies based really close to them, which in terms of jobs, and a lot of people go to university for jobs and money is a big factor, the graduate premium, more money. The stats show that students earn more money by going to university. There might be more jobs at their fingertips in a city. Ah, yeah, but who doesn't like going to the beach? If you've got an aspiration longer term of working in a huge organization in a massive city, going and living at a coastal location, university may be your only opportunity ever to do that. And what a fantastic experience you can have. I would call that a draw for my side. Uh, I'll let you decide who won that one. Let's go for a break and see you shortly for part two on student experiences.
Welcome back to part two of the UniGuide podcast. This is episode 18 and we are talking about student experiences. With that in mind, we have our special guest, Jeff Chilton, a man of many talents. At the top of the podcast, we didn't mention Jeff does football commentary at Wolverhampton Wanderers in the Premier League. So shout out to anyone listening who supports the Wolves. And uh, we set him a bit of a, a challenge uh, to see if he can describe his student experience at university using these skills. And why not throw in as many footballing cliches as possible? Let's see how we got on. You could say that I fired a world into the back of the net with my A-level results, getting the grades I wanted and needed to get into my first choice uni. However, on results day, I made a last minute sub, went through clearing and changed the uni I went to. I thought this was a tactical masterclass. Moving away from home, when I got to uni, I gave it 110%, enjoyed student life, made friends and loved being independent. I scored a huge own goal with my course choice and was back home after dropping out within six weeks. Clearing is and can be an absolutely fantastic route into higher education. My mistake? Only using the prospectus to research about the course I went on to. So it's time for a motivational team talk, well, chat with myself as such, to rethink options and come out fighting in the next match, well, next part of my educational journey. After an action-packed first half, let's go back to Jeff to see what the second half brings. They say football can be a game of two halves and this was certainly the case with me when I restarted another uni course almost a year later. This time I was living at home and commuting to uni and whilst I couldn't park the bus there, my new uni experience was giving me everything I was looking for. An easy commute with free parking, the familiarity of home with support of family, plus socialising with the close circle of friends I'd made throughout my school life. As the course went on though, you just couldn't write a script like it. I needed to tweak the formation, or in HE terms, tweak the course I was on. Now, what was great about my course is that even up to the end of year two, I could make minor amendments to the course title and content, something I'd really advise looking into, how flexible your formation or course is. After three years, I'd put in a great shift, getting the degree, grade and classification I wanted, and I was rewarded with lifting the trophy of Student of the Year. Thank you and welcome back to the studio. They were the dulcet tones of our special guest and sports correspondent, Jeff Chilton. Now, thank you, Jeff, for sharing your experiences about university there. And we'll tap into some of them in section three. But for now, we're just going to go back and welcome back Anton from our student panel. Welcome back, Anton, to the pod. Always great to have you on. Um, First question, I guess, is just reflecting now um, as a university student. Before you applied, what sort of things were going through your mind in terms of the student experience that you wanted? I'd say that the biggest thing for me was to have the chance to to move away from home. So I was really looking forward to the idea that I could move out, but to be with other people so that I wasn't going through that experience of living away from home for the first time alone and so I also then thought about where I would like to do this and Canterbury was the place for me personally. Thank you Anton that's great. Anything prepare you anything that kind of helped with that decision of why you chose the university you did? I had the chance to stay on a summer school and experience what accommodation at university was like 
So that really helped me to think about the environment and what kind of sized house I wanted. What accommodation did you end up going for in the end? Where did you end up staying? I ended up living in a 12-person house in my first year. And so that was definitely part of what played into that. Any further thoughts, feelings, expectations? I just know that I was really kind of excited and a little nervous but to get the chance to live independently and cook for myself and uh, dare I say clean <laughs> but to take some responsibility and I think that was part of the, the student experience that I envisioned for myself you know, apart from the academic side of things I was just looking forward to to growing up and preparing for you know later life. Okay looking back now are there any regrets, any things you would have done differently? As an undergraduate now, you know, I'd say that there are things that I didn't get right. I've had a, a good experience uh, and I've been very lucky in my current position of my placement year. It's been very beneficial to me. and I've had so much development and skill growth out of that, uh, that I wouldn't have had I gone to university at any other time. But then there's other things where, you know, I went to university in 2020. So the dreaded year of COVID. Of course, yeah. And, you know, it wasn't the best. I lived like a bit of a hermit for my first year. I didn't socialize in the way that I would have liked to. I didn't meet as many new people and make as many friends as I guess I thought I would. I would say that I didn't reach out to the student support enough. You know, I, I found it quite mentally tiring be, being indoors all the time, studying at my computer, gaming at my computer. I just didn't really leave that environment. So I, I would definitely change that next time. And something that I, I hadn't thought about at the time really was deferring. So if, if I'd accepted my university offer, but given it a year before I'd gone I would have missed that really particularly bad year of COVID. And so my experience would have looked a lot different. Uh, hindsight's a great thing, so I, I can't change that now. Indeed. What about your course, what you're studying now? My course, I think I could say now that I would have chosen something different. I chose computer science because it was the logical choice uh, the options I'd taken in sick form informed that decision quite greatly and I hadn't thought too far into the actual subject and you know upon starting it I realized there was so much maths which wasn't my strong suit English really is mine and I'm only getting a chance to explore that really now so you know, there's things that I would change, but also I've got to this point, despite those difficulties uh, that I've had to overcome along the way. So I think as a whole, uh, I've actually done really well. You know, I'm happy. I'm enjoying my placement year. And as I said before, it potentially is something that I wouldn't have had a chance to do if I'd done anything differently. And we are delighted to say we haven't just got one student voice, we have two. So we are welcoming back Emma, Emma Berwick. Great to have you back on, Emma. Emma, anything you can share in terms of advice or insights 
on how you enhanced your student experience while studying your course? A couple of things that I found really, really helped was to get involved in society. So this might be like joining something linked exercise to help you take up a new hobby. So when it comes to exam season, you have a way to decompress and unwind. I'd also really, really recommend getting involved in extracurricular activities. And these definitely don't have to be restricted to your campus. Thanks, Emma. That's a really good point to have that balance in student experience. It's a, it's a really important one with mental health, physical health. And from a social point of view too, as Anton picked up on, um, anything you've kind of joined, any societies, clubs, and what have they given you? So one thing that I've got involved in is the Brightside Youth Board, which has really given me a great understanding of what the charity sector looks like and also helped me to really improve my communication and leadership skills. I also say that mentoring and networking plays a huge, massive role. For me, I've been really mentored and I've been really, really fortunate to have some really, really brilliant mentors, which have given me unparalleled insight into the world of work, but also it's really, really helped with my confidence and knowing, you know, what options are there after graduation, which makes a massive difference when you're in final year and you've then got to think about um, looking for jobs or what your next stages are. Thanks so much, Emma, for sharing. And thank you, Anton. We'll catch up with you both very soon. That brings us to the end of part two. Join us after this short break for part three for the all-important hints, tips and resources from our special guest today, Jeff Chilton. So what we're going to do now is look at some tips for students that are thinking about whether they're going to stay at home, move away, if they're interested in in city universities, coastal universities, rural universities, etc. So Jeff, do you have any tips for students whilst they're preparing for university on how they can make the most of the opportunities they're going to encounter? Number one tip is in year 12, get into the budgeting frame of mind. To give you a clue on my age, one of my friends blew a significant proportion of his student support, the funding that he got on a PlayStation, not a 543 or two, the original PlayStation. And why I say that is he'd never had that pot of money before. He didn't know how to make it last over a particular period of time. So budgeting is absolutely key. And then also finding out about what scholarships there are. So scholarships and bursaries are in essence free money that universities and other organizations can offer as incentives to go to, you know, to, to go and study a particular subject or a particular institution and to find out about those because what you don't want is halfway through year one finding out that your mate next year had just got a, a scholarship that had been paid to them and you're like well I didn't know about that so that's a really key tip on preparing for university and if anyone is now thinking about Jeff's age I was listening to your answer Jeff but also googled PlayStation 1 release dates and I think it was 1995 when the first PlayStation was <laughs> no, com- it, no, no comment whatsoever on that one <laughs> Moving swiftly on, the next question I have for you, Jeff, is kind of like following on from what Emma and Anton shared really in part two about the benefits and the where's and wherefores looking back. How can a student get the most of that student experience in the first few weeks and months of university? And how can they get the most out of being there, really? It's, it's all about coming out of your comfort zone to an extent. Everybody's in the same boat. So, for example, in sports clubs, you don't have to be a world-leading athlete, world-leading footballer, basketball player to get involved in those sports. It's an opportunity to meet new friends at different levels of performance of that sport as well. So find out about the opportunities that are, explore the Students' Union. The Students' Union is run 
by students for students and it's all about democracy representation clubs societies one of the societies that they used to have at Aberystwyth was Aberhowl H-O-W-L where they used to go into the forest behind Aberystwyth and scream it was a form of scream therapy so my point is societies are out there where you can share interests with like-minded people about well whatever it is you want to explore really and as I say there can be academic societies there can be sports there can be anything and everything and if there's not a society that's if there's not a society in the area that it was interest to you universities again can offer support in starting that society if you can usually find I think it is nine ten other people to start that I love that and I also love the the idea of Abba is there is it Abba how that's exactly yeah it's uh, it doesn't exist anymore unfortunately so I'm told but and um, what a fantastic form of just de-stressing and again kind of next to the beach as such uh, but every single students union will have something slightly different and then there's you I say bog standard kind of Harry Potter societies and so on um, but yeah explore them a really other and it's such a boring tip as well in terms of preparation and making the most of opportunities don't ignore correspondence and emails that universities send to you that's both before you get to university and also while you're there as well you just don't want to miss something that's coming up because there's so much that goes on at universities when you're there in terms of study, recreation, university life. And it's about not ignoring what they send through to you. And that also, and it's a really important one for parents as well. You know, if universities send to you, tend send to students kind of welcome packs or information that they need from your son or daughter, just try and encourage them to respond to, to that correspondence before they get to, to university as well. I'm going to change tact a little bit and just kind of fire some things that students need to encounter before getting to university and certainly think about before university. So one is thinking about accommodation. Do you mind just giving us a quick run through in terms of what students can expect in the first year and, and subsequent years in terms of, of where they're going to live? So what most students do in the first year when they move away from home is they live in a halls of residence. That's generally the university managed or owned accommodation whereby you're in a flat and you've got your own bedroom you, and you share that flat with X number of other people. So it could be three other people, it could be six other people, it could be eight other people, just to give you an example. So as I say, you've got your own room, but you'd share a kitchen with the other people in your flat. As we heard from Anton, he shared with 12 people and that might not be everyone's cup of tea. Um, but there's lots of different options and things to choose here, decisions to be made, where to live and the accommodation. In terms of halls of residence, which are really popular, um, that's, that's where I stayed looking back. Anything you can help our listener with in terms of key tips when making those decisions. And the thing to think of with halls of residence is what your negotiables are. So, for example, some of those rooms that I just mentioned might be ensuite. Others, you might be sharing two bathrooms, three bathrooms with the other people in your flat. And again, it's all about thinking what is important to you. What many people also then go on to do in second and third year, they will, uh, with people who they've got to know in year one, they will then move into private accommodation uh, where they'll go into a student house, for example. And uh, that's, as I say, with private landlords and the like, where, again, either in the town or the city that they're living in, that's the accommodation that they would live in. But at many universities, as included, a lot of students will decide to stay in halls of residence, even into second and third year, if that's feasible and possible as well. 
So you mentioned about budgeting earlier on in one of your answers. And, and do you have any tips for any students and parents that work with students and also teachers when they're encountering budgeting and, and how students can budget at university? Budgeting, it's about, I don't think you have to be studying economics to know that you want your income and your outgoings to at least marry up and you want the income really to be higher than the outgoings. So it's about taking advantage of all of the things financially that students can kind of how, how how their lives can be made cheaper. So firstly, the totem card or the NUS or the student card, it's a gateway to so many different discounts. Uh, you, It's a small cost of the card. And for example, it can get you 10% off at well, a number of large retailers. So anywhere, and staff can get access to that at universities as well. So everywhere I go, I'm always saying to the shops that I go in, do you take student cards? And that can save you a lot of money as well. Um, other things in terms of budgeting, if you're living away from home and living in a flat, there's nothing worse than you all buying, for example, six bottles of fairy liquid if there's six of you in the flat. It's about talking to other people in the flat and seeing where you can kind of pull your money together to make the best use of it. And then also, and this is something that you find at campus universities. So campus universities are in essence student villages. And that can make the cost of food, it can make the cost of nightlife, recreation, the students' union, a lot cheaper. So again, it's about exploring the location to see where your money will go furthest. And as I say, maximise your income through student loan, part-time job, scholarships, bursaries, and then minimise your outgoings. And then the final thing to say on budgeting as well is that your income won't marry up to when your outgoings are. So for example, your student loan, your maintenance loan will generally come in three installments. That might be different, for example, when if you're living in private accommodation year two and three, when your rent is due. So again, it's about having a spreadsheet, crunching the numbers to see when the income and the outgoings are. Love that, Jeff. And even if a student, perhaps what's your thoughts to literally a student just writing down all possible expenditure that they might encounter. So Netflix, mobile phone, rent, food, and then just splitting into essential, non-essential, trying to work out how much they've got after all the essentials come in. And Absolutely. And this is where your research again comes into play. You know, some student accommodation, Aberystwyth, for example, the accommodation includes sports centre membership. So that's where you can look to potentially save money as well. Uh, but it's also going back to what you said, John, about the essentials and non-essentials. It's about really, it's about being really kind of firm and strict with yourself as to what you need, what you want, and whether you, as I say, whether you actually need what you're spending the money on. Brilliant point. And also, I suppose for students, they can look at like direct debits and standing orders. When do they want money to kind of all come out at the same time? Or will that be an absolute disaster? Do they want to space it out? And it's stuff like that you can start thinking about. And and actually, with age, that doesn't change. I, you know, I still have direct debits now, and 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 sometimes I'm looking and think, oh God, this one's coming out soon. So I, I think it's it's important to consider. Absolutely, and we all work in different ways. Some people like to have a little bit of cash on them, but other people, if they've got cash in their pocket, even if it's just three or four pounds, they'll go and spend it on a coffee. Well, that coffee, if you have to do that every week, will add up. So, so it's about kind of that self awareness for for yourself as well covered loads of the positives in terms of student experience and university but but this is going to be a huge life change for students there is no doubt about that you know the biggest they would have encountered or or in some cases perhaps will ever encounter so any any tips for when things get a little bit tougher for students 
there's so many things that students can do. Firstly, it's if you live away from home, absolutely normal and natural to be homesick. I'd recommend staying in contact with home. Seeking support, both from an academic and non-academic basis when needed. Use the counselling and chaplaincy facilities that are at universities as well. They are second to none. Think about what your expectations are and what makes you tick. And also give yourself time out of things as well. Some people would say that's easy to do if you live at home, for example. You don't have to get involved in everything all of the time. Don't put yourself under that pressure. Reward yourself as well when you've completed a certain piece of work that you might have found challenging. Reward yourself with something little, something a little bit bigger, whatever, again, makes you tick. Speak to the students' union. Peer-to-peer -peer engagement with students who've been there and done it is absolutely fantastic. And plan and prepare as well. And the workload at certain points of the year can, can occasionally seem a little bit overwhelming, depending on how you kind of handle it. Plan and prepare. Put yourself study schedules together. Try and have different circles of friends as well. I think that's a really important one whereby you you know you might have your circle of friends who you live with but then in a way you kind of have a break with them when you go to your insert name of society here and engage with other friends as well have a study area set yourself goals as well again drip feed work research and so on and finally don't be scared to ask questions talked about earlier personal tutors from a perhaps an academic side but they're there to kind of support pastorally as well um, so don't be afraid to ask questions and to explore all of the different support avenues that universities and the students union can offer. Jeff, brilliant answer, such great advice and, and links me very nicely to a closing question we have on every single podcast. Knowing what you do now, can you provide three tips that you'll give your younger self about university? Now, you've given us loads of advice there. So do you mind just giving us one big tip you would give your younger self about university? I dropped out of university to begin with. I, the location I went to, I was there for six weeks and then I was back home in Cannock, back with my parents. One of the reasons why that happened, I think to me, is I used the prospectus as my main research tool about university. And therefore, the number one tip that I would give to my younger self is go on the open days, explore the place because I think if I would have done that, I think there would have been a lower chance of me dropping out of university. As my dad says, there's no open book that you can just go on a straight path to where you want to go. I worked around it. I went back to another institution the following year. But I think if I would have gone on the open day and, and seen and found out more about the course what, rather than just using the prospectus, and that would be really important to get across. That's a really important message that don't just use the prospectus in isolation. Jeff, thank you so much. Such a brilliant conversation looking at student experience. Brilliant guest and really, really enjoyed this conversation. Cheers, John. Thanks, Tim. You've been listening to The Uni Guide, the university guidance podcast which supports students, parents and teachers with all things university. If you've got any comments, questions, suggestions or absolutely anything else, get in touch with us using info at unitasterdays.com. But until then, please do stay tuned, like, share, give us a follow, and we look forward to seeing you soon.